and life lessons learned the hard way. Each episode, the Anvil team challenged themselves, their guests, and their listeners to ask the hard questions, acknowledge their biases, broaden their perspective, and have a laugh along the way. Now, here are your hosts, Dan, Marshall, and Nathan. Beware the dark humor and enjoy the podcast. It's <laughs> a great question, Nathan. Too much, too much interior focus and yeah. roll That's credits. It. Roll credits. Let's just edit the um, whole bit out. <laughs> why? So, from experience, I had used to have extremely bad posture. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of things wrong with that. Um, and push-ups. Yeah, my push-ups were, I guess, wrong as well because I used to do the T push-ups. Instead right. of the arrow push-ups. Yeah, yeah I guess um, sticking to the um, article structure, it mentions that in the military, so this is obviously quite military-focused, but there's a lot of anterior focus in fitness industry in general. Yeah. In the military, there are three um, exercises that are used to um, judge fitness are the 2.4K run or the beep test when you first join. Yeah. But uh, once you're in, it's a 2.4K run, um, the sit-ups... For a certain amount and push-ups yes and push-ups in general are heavily focused on either as just a general test of fitness yeah. and also as a way of what they call retraining which yeah. is just punishment yeah yeah mm. uh, the, the way the army focuses their training tends to be around uh, the tests that they do which i mean it makes sense you know if you're going to be tested on something you should probably train for it uh the basic fitness assessment or the bfa in the australian army like dan said uh, you do the run last. What is it? Push-ups, sit-ups, run? Push-ups, sit-ups, run, I believe. Yeah, yeah. so and so. there's there's an expectation and there's also a minimum standard, basically. So we were in infantry. Uh, the minimum standard was... 40. 40? 40, yeah. The expectation was 60 plus, right? So, and I mean, that's platoon dependent. It's uh, company, age, battalion, and age. Well, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. an age, rest, you know, changes the limit and stuff, but... You know, even if you got forty, you're expected to do more because you were an infantry, and infantry yeah, are just be better tough or whatever. And fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, sit-ups don't need that much training, especially in the army. You didn't need to train that much for sit-ups because you had someone someone standing on your feet. Mm. Yeah. So basically, you leveraged off their body weight, and you could probably hit a hundred. If you couldn't, I mean, there's some probably some issues there. But most infantry soldiers, no matter what. They uh, did in their spare time, spare time, whether they were at the gym or not, uh, they could probably knock out a hundred sit ups. Uh, the two point four k run that was eleven minutes and eighteen seconds was yeah, the benchmark for anyone twenty five and under. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and that's a relatively slow pace. Like mm. it's not, it's not super slow, but I mean, you can get it as long as you don't stop running. Like if you slow down to a jog you're probably not going to pass. But as long as you consistently run, I mean, you can you can tick that time off. Uh, but when it comes to the push-ups, that's something that, I mean, a lot of people might struggle with. There's um, Push-ups aren't easy. There are a lot of people out there that just can't do a set of 10 or whatever, um, especially when it comes to, you know, they wanted more women and infantry and stuff like that. Uh, women don't have as much muscle mass on their upper body in general. I mean, that's not applicable to literally everyone but you know overall they're um most of their muscle mass not most but 
a greater proportion is in their lower body, right? So when it comes to upper body exercises like pull-ups or push-ups, they can be very difficult to build the muscle to do those consistently, right? So, and it's, I mean, it's the same for a lot of guys that just don't train or before the army, they didn't do a lot of push-ups. So the focus there from basic training, literally day one, week one, you rock up, you're doing push-ups, right? It's like Dan said, it's in the PT, it's in the physical training. And it's also as a part of the, what they call retraining, but Mm. it is punishment. You know, you don't get something done on a certain amount of time more push-ups you know if you don't if you're in infantry and you don't meet whatever the section standard might be for something push-ups you know yeah um and you know it's a double-edged sword you want to be able to get more and more because upper body strength helpful whatever but what it does is it creates an anterior dominant posture Mm. Uh, so nathan was talking earlier about um he had bad posture what he means by that is his shoulders were rolled forward uh, he had a lot of tightness in the chest muscles uh, traps were quite tight so the shoulders were hunched up weakness of the upper back and it caused this sort of movement to happen where the shoulders were coming forward and the back wasn't able to maintain that sort of proud chest position yeah. um, what that inevitably can contribute to is shoulder injuries so you lose the ability to retract the shoulder blade so that you can rotate the arm up Uh, nathan has a shoulder (laughs) injury basically from that Um, you lose the ability to uh, perform well under load carriage because you put a pack on and it pulls the shoulders back and Mm. it's pulling on these muscles that are really tight and fatigued all the time so it's causing some damage or whatever and you're constantly reinforcing this with anterior dominant training so you're doing your push-ups and your PT, the guys that are going to the gym, I mean, we did a whole podcast on posterior chain. How it's neglected. Yeah, yeah, the guys that are going to the gym are probably training the muscles they see in the mirror. So we're looking at anterior muscles. That's quads, core, chest, shoulders, arms, right? So you're getting guys doing a lot of bench press, you know, probably not enough posterior work like we talked about before. And... Um, and they're just making the problem worse, basically. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the the gist of the article at the start is basically saying there is an issue here and the the, the amount of push-ups that most people are doing have, um, you know, have an impact on posture and can actually be contributing to injuries. Yeah, like and it definitely is. Um, the main areas that people get injured in the military are shoulders, back and knees yeah. are the top three, I'd say. And, you know, I saw guys with, you know, it's like they're big, like, scars. Like, yeah. it's like, it looked like they'd been wearing a pack for eight hours straight because their yeah. scars were straight over where the, um, the shoulder joint because they'd had surgeries from yeah. just busted shoulder shoulders. Rico. Shoulder recos, yeah. And there's a lot of them. Uh, a lot of people get the injury because, yeah, so many push-ups. And another thing, it's not mentioned in the article, but another thing that contributes to that is the amount of pull-ups you do as well. Yeah. Um, pull-ups is another massive one. Um, the Army just generally focuses on, like, your morning PT is most likely going to be either running or body weight kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's slowly changing as, you know, yeah. some areas. But the general yeah. traditional thing is that you do push-ups, pull-ups, some sit-ups, and then just run. Yeah. 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 And I mean, like we said before, they're training for tests. Mm. There's tests that you have to do to pass. I mean, if you want to deploy, you got to pass a test. You want to stay in the army, you're going to pass a test. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of unfit people, but there's a lot of people that would be considered fit traditionally or strong traditionally that are doing a lot of training that is having a negative impact that's causing these injuries. You know, they're ending up with the shoulder recos or the back yeah. problems, the knee problems, whatever. So, um, so basically, we wrote this article to target that 
population, that demographic, uh, who might be focusing a little bit too much on the anterior work and who are also potentially not doing the push-up correctly because there is an incorrect way to do a push-up that is going to target probably the wrong areas. Uh, there's a way to do a push-up that's safer on the shoulder um, and that doesn't cause so much anterior dominant stress. And, um, and ideally, if you are going to be doing this many push-ups, there needs to be a way to counter that, you know, to make sure that you're getting that balance between anterior and posterior. Uh, so I'll go into uh, what Tyrell wrote about next is he basically said, if you're going to be doing all these push-ups, you need to learn how to do a push-up properly. Mm. And what that means is uh, the first thing should be shoulder and hand position. I mean, it's just like on the bench press. Ideally, the elbow is at a 45-degree angle to the shoulder, right? So you will always see, um, I mean, especially if you're ex-infantry or you're in the army now, you look down the line when people are doing their push-ups in the BFA and the arms are just straight out yeah. from the shoulders. Yeah. Elbows are right above the wrists and it's just a T-shape, yeah. you know? What that does is puts a lot of stress on the anterior delt, puts a lot of stress on the upper pec. It also makes it very difficult for the shoulder blades to retract because they're automatically put into this position just to get the elbows up, right? So what you're doing is you're reinforcing this bad habit of, you know, uh, protracted shoulder blades, uh, anterior dominated push-up uh, with all these muscle groups up the top here and not relying on things like the lats, uh, the lower pec, triceps as well. So the first step realistically should be when you set up to do the push-up, lie down completely face down uh, with your chest touching the ground and put your hands in a position where the elbow is at 45 degrees to the shoulder. Mm. That is just step one right there. If you can nail that, chances are everything else is going to go fine. Mm. Um, you want to engage the core. You should be squeezing the glutes. Obviously, you should be trying to engage the legs a little bit as well to maintain that straight line through the body. But if you can get the elbows at 45 degrees, you're immediately going to activate the lats better. Your shoulder blade will be in a more attractive position where you can get a proud chest. Um, you'll recruit the triceps, which yeah. is great. And uh, you won't place as much of a focus on the upper pec and the anterior delt. Um what this also allows you to do is push the chest out a little bit. You reduce your range of motion. You probably don't have to do it. <laughs> and you this. use your triceps. It's much more. It's a very tricep yeah. um, dominant push up. And I think in the battalion it's called recon push ups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, but it it is much more efficient. Yeah. And it's it makes you much better at push ups. Like anything, if you go from this kind of anterior um, delt and pec focused push up, and then you start doing. This kind of push-up, you may have a drop in the amount you can do initially. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely did. Like, when I was doing it, like a T, like I was I was passing, I was getting the 45 and yeah. the 60 for infantry. Literally, when I changed, I think it was Hock that showed yeah. me, mm. I could do like five, like five to ten. Like, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was massive. And but once I did train it, I just smashed past. Yeah. yeah, it's it's another classic case of um, what you are strongest in now and what you will be strongest mm. in later. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's and you just have to train that up. Um, but once you do, you will be better push ups and it'll be less prone to injury. Yeah. Um, and going for the forty five degree angle thing, if you're not sure where that is because you can't see from above, maybe use say your sternum or your nipples as like a line to put your hands in mm. line with. Yeah. Because some that might um, work for you a bit better because you might 
not really be sure where 45 degrees really is. Yeah. So as you lay there flat on the ground, which you normally from memory is where you have to lay. I think before it's the you, start position. Yeah, the, the start position BFA. before you're allowed to raise up and line the palm of your hands up with your nipples or your sternum if, you know, your nipples. Oh, I think the start position or, is up. No, remember how you like you, you would they go get you to lay down. You, put everyone your hands has down, to lay down, on and the ground. then you lift yeah. up, and then they start. It's like the oh, yeah. position, position ready. ready. Yeah, and yeah. go up. For some reason, yeah. a lot of PTs have lisps. Yeah, position so <laughs> ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Looking at you, every army PT. Yeah, yeah. what is, what do they do at the school? They just like cut the tip of your lip off, your tongue off. Or something? <laughs> yeah. You want to be in the club, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I mean, on that topic, right, there's a million and one, one ways to do push-ups. Yeah, you right. can do a push-up, diamond push-ups with the hands out here. Mm. You know, you might even see those variations where you're doing push-ups with the hands all the Which way out. Which is just a, a flex on Instagram. Don't do right. that. Right, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, um, yeah. But these are variations and they target different muscle groups, right? So if you are consistently doing a T-shaped push-up, you are targeting very small muscle groups up the top here that you are building up that is going to negatively impact your posture, mm. right? If you do the 45-degree angle push-up, you're distributing the load, like the force that you need to use, more across a greater range of muscles. So you're starting to use the lats a little bit more. You're starting to use the triceps a bit more. Mm. You're using more of the pec, right? Not just the upper pec. And you're using the anterior delts. Yes, they don't get taken out of the equation, but there's balance between there and the lats. So what you're doing is you're not overtraining an area of your body that is going to then cause this sort of hunched up mm. anterior dominant position. Um, you can go away and do close group push-ups right and understand that the closer you bring your hands in the more tricep dominated it is and the further out you go the more shoulder and pec mm. um and you can do i mean i'm not going to tell you not to do all of these different types of push-ups if you want to but if you're in the military or if you're doing a lot of push-ups all the time you're forced to be doing these sets of fucking 45 in two minutes or, yeah. or huge amounts for punishment and stuff like that you need to do a push-up that is safest and distributes the load most effectively. Mm -hmm. So in your own training sessions, pick whatever fucking push-up you want. Yeah. But when someone says, all right, you're going to do 100 push-ups because you didn't put your fucking PT gear on in time, choose the 45-degree mm -hmm. angle one yeah. because you're I, doing yourself a favor. I used to think, I think from what I can remember that a push-up was a chest exercise. Yeah. Well, and that's pretty, and that's fair yeah, to do that. And so that's why going out, I felt it the most in my chest. Right. So I thought that was the way to do it because yeah. these are big, big chest muscles and they get your titties involved. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that you can recruit all these other muscles yeah. and just make it so much well, easier. And it's, I mean, it's the same with the squat, for example. You can use the squat yeah. to develop the quads and the glutes, yeah. just those. Or you can use the squat and lift more weight, ideally, by recruiting erectors, glutes, mm. hamstrings quads as well so it's and this the principle applies here when you have to do a shitload of push-ups distribute that force mm. across as many muscle groups as possible to make yourself as effective as possible if you want to just target the chest then do an exercise where you can feel it most in the chest so you have to understand the goal here mm. like nathan say and i mean the same thing goes for bench press realistically mm. people go oh bench press because i want to chain my chest and then they bring the bar too high you know they basically mm. do the t-shaped push-up yeah. but with a bar in their hands right without realizing that you know if you want to bench press big weight you should probably try to involve the lats tries and yeah and it's just we've mentioned the lats a few times now yeah and like nath just said 
you think of it as a chest exercise yeah. and even if you consider it just a, like an anterior exercise, you probably may be thinking, what the fuck does the lat have to do with a push-up mm. or a bench? Um, so earlier I mentioned how pull-ups um, can negatively affect your posture or mm. your chest. Uh, the reason for that is the top of your lat wraps around and connects with the front of your shoulder. Yeah. Um, so if you're doing a lot of pull-ups, you're tightening your lat and that can assist and in tightening your chest by essentially mm. pulling it forward yeah. and under. And that's how it can um, assist in shoulder injury or yeah. having a really tight chest. That's why it does that. Yeah. And for lat involvement, there's a, a certain amount of detail you can go into this, but the lats are an antagonist for that exercise, the push-up. Yeah, but they assist quite strongly in going down in your in your control. Sorry, yeah, and they also do assist coming back up if you're doing it correctly. Yeah, mm. so and the way that works is like Dan said, the lat connects to the front of the shoulder. So when the elbow is in front of the body, the lat's job is to pull the elbow towards the body. But when the elbow is past the midline of the body, the lat does the same thing, pulls it toward the mm. body. So as you come down the elbow will probably pass the midline of the body to get it back to that midline, mm. which is like for anyone looking on the camera, mm. it's like an inch or two mm. basically. So that, and that first little bit of movement in the push up is getting the elbow back to the midline of the body. Mm. The lat can do that if you let it, right? If you keep the elbows right out wide, it's all chest, yeah. all shoulder. But if yeah. you bring the elbows in a little bit, 45 degree angle is perfect. The lat will be involved in bringing that up and then once the elbows pass the midline of the body, that's when the triceps, chest, shoulders yeah. get more involved. But the lat does play a part because like Dan said, the insertion point of the lat is up in front of the shoulder rather than on the back. So even though it is technically a back muscle, it plays a part in bringing the elbow yeah. back to center. And like, like we're saying, a lot of things play different roles in certain movements. Yeah. And in that case, um, so an antagonist is not the prime mover in that movement so for push-up it would be say your chest and tries yeah. and tries yeah and but and the antagonist still has a role even if it is in the prime mover yeah and marshall basically just explained what it is for the push-up yeah um now when it comes to balance so we already we already know that if you're in the army you're going to do a lot of push-ups um and i mean probably the military in general that you can't just avoid doing the push-ups, right? And yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying don't do them. I'm saying if you have to do them this way. But on the flip side, if you're going to do a workout that involves a lot of pressing, whether it be bench, push-ups or whatever, try and balance it with at least a one-to-one -one ratio of back work, right? So if not one-to-one, -one, try and get one-to-two. So for every one pressing exercise that you do or one pressing rep that you do, you're doing two reps of back mm. stuff. So that could be as simple as setting up a rack with a bar and doing decline heaves, you know, or decline pull-ups or whatever you might, or, you know, the decline row where you do your set of 10 push-ups and then you jump in and you do a set of 10 to 15 decline row. It doesn't have to be heavy weight, but ideally you're matching that one-to-one -one ratio so that we're not just spending all this time focusing on the front and completely ignoring the back. And I mean, you might say, oh yeah, but I train back at the gym or, you know, but you got to think about if you're doing a PT session in the morning plus punishments, plus whatever BFA, like, you know, your fitness test, and then you go to the gym after work as well and your work and your training split is like fucking chest, uh, upper body, lower body arms. What I don't mm. know what it is, but chances are you're only hitting back 
once a week. Once or twice yeah. a week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you might say, oh, yeah, but I do deadlifts on legs and that's technically back. It's not really. But um, you're, I guarantee you, you are not hitting the back nearly as much as you're hitting the front. So mm-hmm. you really need to focus on trying to hit that two-to-one ratio. So next time you're in one of those sessions where someone's like, oh, I need you to do max effort push-ups or we're going to mm. finish with a push-up session or like, you know, at the end of this, you guys didn't meet all the timings. So, you know, push-up position. You'll never meet the timings. Yeah, no, it's impossible. <laughs> they made, made to not be met. I was an instructor. We <laughs> yeah. literally made them impossible. Yeah. <laughs> um, remember how many push-ups you did and then go and do a decline row rather than heaves because like Dan's saying, it contributes potentially to developing the lat that is going to affect the bad posture. Mm. Get into a row position where you're doing the reverse of the push-up. Yeah. Right? So something that I, you know, say to these guys all the time in the gym and for people that I'm trying to train to get a big bench press is I'm telling them that when they do the row movement, the pull should be exactly the same as what you would do lowering the bench press. So you should be doing the pull to the bench press line. If you can get into a row position on, you know, a rack with a bar set up in it and you can pull that bar to the bench press position or like Dan was saying before, the sternum line or that nipple line rather than a downwards pull, you're going to do yourself so many more favours. So, you know, that one hot tip is basically... However many push-ups you're doing, do one to two more reps. Yeah. Is there back? Is there because like I think a big reason push-ups are punishment is just because they're so easy. Yeah. As well. Well, yeah. And so w- what I'm thinking like if there if there are any um, instructors listening, is there something they can make punish their guys with that are yeah. back ones? So <laughs> the decline row is an absolute banger because okay, everyone so sucks at it. Sometimes called the reverse row. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you look it up, it'll come straight away. Yeah. It's essentially just like we used to do heaps at the Italian. Yeah, yeah. If you're lying, ideally, and you can do them at the battalion, there's a good one because they usually have the, beam, oh, the yeah, heave beams, the heave but beams set really low. low. Yeah. And they're better. So people will try and make you do heaves instead of these because heaves are harder because you're lifting your whole body weight. Yeah. But just do more decline row, right? Because mm. it, it burns just as much yeah. and it's targeting muscles that you are not hitting on a day-to-day basis. But basically, you're lying in a 45-degree angle, pulling yourself to sternum line or whatever. Um, and you can do it on the bottom of a table. So any yeah. table with four legs on it rather than... I mean, this one's got a big thing in the middle. But any table that you can grab the edge of and mm. lie underneath, you can do decline rows for days. So I would be surprised to find any environment like in the army where they can do push-ups that doesn't have a table nearby that they can then go bang out the exact same amount of decline row. Yeah. You could even do, um, uh, this is very military, um, rifle. What's it called again? The rifle? But basically, oh, you yeah. could use the fucking gun as a bar and just make them do a bunch of rows with their... Yeah, bent over row. Bent with, over, basically bent over row with, yeah. with the gun. Know, with the gun, yeah. Yeah, and I mean... Even a rifle, do enough, it'll fucking hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean... Unfortunately, in that situation with the push-up, you're pushing close to your body weight and mm. with the rifle, you're only rowing mm. four kilos. Yeah. But, I mean, find a Mag 58 with 200 rounds on it. Yeah. I guarantee it's going <laughs> to <Yeah>. sting. Or, <laughs> I mean, use your pack or, yeah. uh, you know, find something that be safe. weighs enough. But, yeah, <laughs> obviously put yourself in it. And the reason I don't like to recommend the bent-over row is the lower back, the lower back yeah. strain. Yeah. Um, and it can... It, can be one of those exercises where people will just rely on the leg drive to lift more weight than they can handle. Whereas the decline row position, it's your body weight, you know, Mm. you keep your core engaged and there's only like, 
if your core stops being engaged, your lower back doesn't cop it. You know, mm. you just sort of bend at the hips. So there's realistically no safer rowing position except for maybe a chest supported mm. row, which yeah. you just don't always have the equipment. Yeah. For. Okay. So uh, any instructors? Yeah. Any PTIs? favor. <laughs> any secos out there that just keep smashing the push ups and the burpees? Especially, Get I guess, on the that, um, row. Mm. especially. Um, Kapuka Singleton kind of things or yeah. ITs wherever they go, the, the diggers are probably not going to know this stuff or have really experienced it yeah. before. So it'd, it would be good if the instructors helped them done it for like done yeah. it for them kind of thing. And I mean, it's never too late to start fixing this anterior dominant mm. stuff. If you're not currently doing a one to two ratio of chest to back, start now mm. because I guarantee you, you're developing tightness in the chest that otherwise it's going to cause you some injuries. Um, another thing with the decline row is you don't have to do it for reps. You can do it as a hold, you know, yeah, you can get yeah. them to hold for as, and you can do it Tabata. You can do 10 seconds of reps yeah. and then try and do a 20 second hold yeah. at the top. Like there's any number of ways where Stop you can. Stop giving them ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I'm saying this is, I mean, you're using push-ups as punishment and yeah. you're coming up with all these fucking creative ways to like hold off the ground or mm. like doing a half rep and holding it halfway. Do it with the row as well. I yeah. mean, and you're going to sting them that much more, which I mean, I guess is the is the idea here is you're trying to like punish these guys or whatever or retrain them so they I guarantee they're going to remember all these decline rows. They yeah, imagine getting ready for Kabuki. You're like, fuck yeah, I can do like 50 push-ups yeah. and get there and they're just like... And this dude smashes <laughs> you with a yeah. bunch of table rows. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't fucking prepare for yeah. this. Why are there well, so many tables at this and, place? Yeah, <laughs> enjoy your fucking yeah. sick posture, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. So, and that's what I mean is like, this is something that because people aren't doing it, you can use it as one of these things and you're not going to be sitting there for like two hours punishing people because everyone's so sick at push-ups. You'll be there for 15 fucking minutes. I guarantee it before somebody gives up. Like, yeah. So it's, um, and it's just a matter of being creative, but also be safe. You know, don't put you guys in a position where they're being forced to bend over or some bullshit kind of rock or something yeah you know be smart about it because at the end of the day an injured digger is a dude that can't do his fucking job mm -hmm. so the idea with this sort of stuff is try and get you guys stronger um and if you notice you guys are doing shitloads of push-ups and their shoulders are start to get those little grinds and those aches and those clicks and stuff maybe it's time to take push-ups out of the equation completely mm. or you know reduce them back to reps that they can handle mm. rather than just constantly smashing them on this stuff if they're ticking the 45 box, maybe it's, you know, 45 in a BFA and they're able to pass, maybe it's time to focus for six to eight weeks on a different muscle yeah, group so that you're bulletproofing these guys so that they don't break their shoulder when they go outfield. Instead, they're ready to fight for you. Mm. you know, why wouldn't you want stronger diggers? So, and I mean, all of this shit, like Dan said at the start, it all applies to gen pop. Yeah. Um, if you are training to look good, which most people are, you know, you spend time in the gym because you want to tone up or, you know, get abs or bigger arms or whatever. It's all the same shit. Stop spending so much time on the muscles you see in the mirror. Spend twice as much time on the muscles you don't see in the mirror or the stuff on the backside of your body. I guarantee you'll leave with less injuries. You're going to get stronger, much stronger, which is going to benefit that stuff you see in the mirror anyway. And uh, you're just going to be better off overall you know mm. your posture will be better you won't have a sore fucking lower back all the time i guarantee it mm. and you're not going to end up with a fucked out shoulder from some stupid bench press variation you do one time i um i honestly used to think that the 
it was a myth that you had to work as much back as you did chest to get it back. Yeah. Because I knew nothing. Like I, I literally knew nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't, because I didn't know how it worked. I just couldn't, like in my head, I was like, that doesn't like, how would that help? But yeah. now that I know a lot more. Yeah. You can see, like, it's very obvious. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, for a lot of people, it might not be obvious. Yeah. You know, you're right. And, I mean, it's I sort of say this a little, like, preview to my latest article that I've written. Um, doing legs stimulates chemicals, like big compound movements, like the squat or the deadlift, and to an extent the bench press, but not as much because there aren't huge muscle groups like you use in the squat. It stimulates the brain to release chemicals that promote adaptation in the muscle groups. So stop skipping leg day because leg day is actually making your arms bigger if you do leg mm. day and then do some fucking mm. curls as well. It's, you know, these chemicals are coming from your brain saying, oh, fuck, we need to get stronger. We need to promote muscle growth and all this stuff that's being challenged. Whereas if you just do the curls or you're just doing these pec isolations or, you know, tricep pull downs or whatever, the brain isn't adapting as efficiently because Mm. it's not being pushed to do these huge compound movements that make the brain go, oh, fuck, we really need to work now. So, and I mean, the same goes for back, you know, do the legs, do the back, and do the chest as well. Try and hit that balance. Yeah. Yep. All right. I think that covers it. I think we pretty much covered the article. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. Really long. Yeah, it wasn't too long. Um, and if you'd want visual representation, go to that article. It's got the arrow and the T. Um, yeah, there are a couple the, of pictures there. Yeah. Mm. It's called How Push-Ups Are Punishing Your Posture. It's on our website, www.anviltd.com, uh, under the article section. And it should have all the information you could possibly need on how to do push-ups with your arms at a 45-degree angle. Yeah. All right, thanks for listening. That's the hard way with Anvil TD. It's been Dan Marshall and Nathan. This Um, uh, will be going up on YouTube as well. Our channel is Anvil Training and Development. That will have the video version, so you'll also get to see us as well as listen to us. Yeah. Yeah. Anvil out. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Hard Way with Anvil T&D. This is all made possible by listeners like you, so thank you for your support. If you enjoyed this one, hit the like button and subscribe so you never miss a show. Make sure to visit our website, www.anviltd.com, and check out some of our articles and other podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, any positive ratings really help. Or if you simply tell a friend about us, that would help us out too. If you have an opinion on something we talk about, we would love to know in the comments. Be sure to tune in for our next episode and remember, train smart, train hard.